0: The opening night of match day five saw two more teams put their places in the round of 16. Our featured game in Spain was an absolute thriller, with Liverpool seconds away from qualification against Sevilla when this happened. So all still to play for in group E. The same is true in Group F, as Napoli saw off Shakta in style. In Senior, chance to hit it
1: right footed. Oh, what a goal! Lorenzo in senior for Napoli! That is a beauty! Right into the goalkeeper's top left-hand
0: corner. It finished 3-0 to the Italian club to keep their slim last 16 hopes alive. Elsewhere, Besiktas and Real Madrid confirm their places in the next phase. Leipzig thumped last season's surprise package Monaco and Manchester City and Spurs top their groups. We'll bring you all the analysis and reaction. We'll be hearing from Jurgen Klopp, Deli Ali, and Raheem Sterling. Plus we'll preview Wednesday's key fixtures including Juventus against Barcelona in Turin and Roma's trip to Madrid to face Atletico right here on the UEFA Champions League podcast. Welcome to the show. I'm Rob Daly and alongside me this evening is European football expert Chris Parrott. Chris, another night delivers in the group stage. Certainly, it, uh, and
2: the game between Sevilla and Liverpool. One of the UEFA Champions League classics of uh, end-to-end from start to finish. We had six goals for Real Madrid. We had Tottenham winning again. We pretty much had it all and you know what? We, we could be on course for a
0: record-breaking UEFA Champions League group stage. OK, more on that very surely. Let's remind you of all of Tuesday's match day 5 results. In Group E, Sevilla 3, Liverpool 3, Spartak 1, Maribor 1. Group F, Napoli 3, Shakhtar Donetsk nil, Manchester City 1, Feyenoord nil. Group G, Monaco 1, RB Leipzig 4, Besiktas 1, Porto 1. And in Group H, Borussia Dortmund 1, Tottenham Hotspur 2, Apwell nil, Real Madrid Six. Uh, we'll start our review of Tuesday's action in Spain, where Sevilla hosted Liverpool at the top of Group E. Richard Kaufman, watch this one. The Brazilian Philippe Coutinho raises
1: his uh, left arm, then tries to get someone to come to the near post. It is a near post. Later, three on the far post. Roberto Firmino. It's ahead of one by Firmino and ghosting in the far post this time is Sadio Mane. Liverpool it's almost action replay of goal number one. Here come Liverpool again though, Mane may be through, simple finish from Roberto Firmino. Liverpool have three and we've only had half an hour of play, this is incredible. Near post header and it's in, it's in from Vesembeñeda and they have the goal back, the vital goal back, just five minutes into the second half. Is the comeback on? How's your and Second time, steps up. He sends the keeper the other way this time and puts it into the left-hand corner. He does score his second of his game. It really is game on now in this one. Here comes the corner for Severe. It's headed out, only as far as an equalizer. It's Pizarro. It's an equalizer. The comeback is completed. Severe have equalized in the third minute of injury time. Pandemonium in Andalusia.
0: Well, it only really feels that things have calmed down now. Richard Kaufman, who joins myself and Chris on the show, uh, as, as Chris said earlier, a, a classic. Yeah, it was a classic.
3: Uh, I would say, from a defensive standpoint, uh, not a classic. <laughs> but from an entertainment point of view, it was, it was, it was fabulous. And unless, of course, you're a Liverpool supporter, because. You're in the ascendancy, you've basically got one foot and a bit more into the last 16 of the UEFA Champions League for the first time in nine years. And to not come away with the win, I suppose at the start of the game, if you'd have said to Liverpool fans, would you take a draw? I think they would have done, but not in those circumstances. Uh, There'll be questions asked, of course, we were wondering how Liverpool turned the corner. Given everything that they had done in the last four matches, just one goal conceded when there were so many questions about their defence, where well, there were some individual errors again tonight that allowed Sevilla back into the match. And you have to say, from Sevilla's standpoint, well, those first 30 minutes, uh, they were just kamikaze defending, really. I mean, to concede two goals like that from corners, missed opportunities for themselves. Yeah, As a game that, that, that had everything, six goals, no complaints, and... The good news is they've all got to do it (laughs) again on match day (laughs) six to determine who is going to make it uh, past uh, the new year into the UEFA Champions
0: League. All right, well, let's hear from the Liverpool manager and captain, Jurgen Klopp. First, Jordan Henderson.
4: Second half were very bad, really. We didn't start well from from the first um, whistle in the second half. Give a corner away immediately, and we struggled from then on. We stopped playing football, I think, as well as that was the main thing. We couldn't get the ball up to the front three to cause them problems like we did in the first half. So yeah, it doesn't feel too good at the minute.
5: We stopped playing football in the second half. We let them come back in the game, and um, so then with this crowd in the back, yeah, then things like this can happen. We did it already, um, the other way around. You you, you like this when you can chase the game and can um, come back in the game, but when you are the the winning team, the team in the lead, uh, then you should avoid it, and and we didn't. We have one really, well, one tool, one real weapon, and that's playing football, but that's what we didn't do um, in the second half uh, until we conceded a second goal. After that, we came back a little bit, um, had our chances again, but didn't use them, and um, so they could then do what they did in the last minute.
0: Uh, Jürgen Klopp making the point that you made, Richard, actually that because Liverpool lost any kind of attacking composure... Invited on wave after wave of second-half pressure.
3: Yeah, let's make a point clear here. Jurgen Klopp, I thought tactically did everything right in this match because he had his team set up well. Just you know, played all the four, the Fab Four. They're 0 up second half. As he said, they stopped playing football as soon as he saw that. And obviously, two goals in, in the space of a, a short period of time. He brought, made a double change in Emery Chan and James Milner coming on got Liverpool playing a little more positively again and made them also at the same time rather more solid defensively too Uh, and the goal that was the equaliser you have to say was a a really well taken goal from the corner uh, by uh, Pizarro, it wasn't actually a defensive mistake this time from the set piece but yeah they stopped playing football, they stopped worrying Sevilla and that allowed Sevilla basically to camp inside the Liverpool half for nearly uh, the whole period of that second half, well especially until the double change. So, yeah, I think Klopp uh, summed it up right. I think Liverpool stopped doing what they did so effectively in the first half, and that allowed Sevilla to, to get the comeback. And uh, how good must they be feeling right now? You heard Jurgen Klopp there. I mean, he's such a positive man normally. He sounded down, and you can understand why. You know, he was thinking. You try not to get too carried away, but, of course, you're thinking, aren't you? You're, 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 you're making the last 16 here.
2: Yeah, and and and... They still might, and I think them and Sevilla are still in a very strong position in the group. More of that in a moment. But before the game, there were plenty of questions about both sides. We knew about how good they were going forward. We wondered whether they were good enough defensively to go deep into this competition, never mind qualifying for the round of 16. Well, they didn't answer any of those criticisms either side, frankly. It made for an absorbing contest. But I think if they are to go beyond, they want to get to the last 16 first, if they're to go any deeper... They're going to have to cut out the, the individual errors at the back. A uh, credit to the severe coach Barizzo made made a big change at half-time, Took off Steven and Zonzi. That seemed to give them more zip with with Vasquez picking up the ball. We weren't
0: sure about it. No, after,
2: no, no. the restart, uh, I wasn't absolutely. I, I thought and Zonzi was the man providing some sort of, of shield for the for the back four. But what what he'd seen was the way to stop Liverpool was first of all to starve their strikers of getting the ball, which is what Vasquez helped them do. And then Liverpool sat deeper and deeper, and it felt like there was going to be an equaliser. I think we said in commentary, there will be one last chance. There was. Pizarro took it. Great game. Um,
0: Nightmare defensively. Um, but but two teams brilliant going forward. It reminded me of Liverpool's collapse against Bournemouth. I don't know if you remember that from last season, mm-hmm. where they end up losing that game, uh, four three. So so Spartak got a one one draw with Maribor. Maribor with a ninety second minute um, equaliser. Richard, how does this leave this group now? Because we know Liverpool host Spartak at Anfield on Match Day six. It makes a big difference actually because
3: given the scoreline now from the severe Liverpool match, if Spartak themselves have a, had a hold on. I think they'd only needed a draw at Anfield. Now it's kind of uh, winner-takes-all in that. Is that right, Chris?
2: Yeah, it's, uh, Spartak have to win. So I still think Liverpool and Sevilla are in a very strong position. Um, Liverpool have a three-point
3: gap over Spartak. Severe a two-point gap. And it, it may be, you know, if Liverpool do beat Spartak as well, they win the group mm. because obviously they're Liverpool
0: still... Liverpool are still top after all It yeah. <laughs> feels
3: like they've lost the match and they're, they're potentially out of the way for Champions League. That's not the case now. What Liverpool fans will be saying is what they were saying in the summer. Please, Herr Klopp, buy us a centre-half, please. Because obviously, you know, there's some good young defenders there. You know, Alexander-Arnold, Joe Gomez. There's... there's there's The potential for this team it is big. You've seen... I mean, Salah hasn't scored tonight and they still scored three goals away from home. You can see the potential of this team, but it, it needs... A leader at the back, I think that's what it is. Needs someone who really is going to make sure that that defence is organised and and ready to hold on to three goal leads because you shouldn't draw from three 0 up.
0: Okay, Liverpool uh, with that three three draw at Sevilla, Spartak one, Maribor one. Richard, thank you. We'll get your man of the match as well. And um, more reaction uh, from the game to come. Our second feature game on Tuesday uh, was that encounter in Italy between Napoli and Shakhtar Donetsk, both clubs. Battling to join Manchester City in progressing from Group F. Commentary from Adam Summerton.
4: Insignia.
1: Chance to hit it right footed. Oh, what a goal! Lorenzo Insignia for Napoli. That is a beauty. Right into the
4: goalkeeper's top left hand corner. It is vintage Lorenzo Insignia. It is Napoli 1, Jacques Tarnil. Into the air it goes for Mertens, the pullback's brilliant, and Napoli lead 2-0. It's Zielinski who's got it.
5: From all the six or seven metres out, it was all about the assist from
4: Mertens, Zielinski finished it off, and Napoli surely now will take all three points in Naples. Napoli 2, Shakhtar 0. In comes the corner towards Albiol at the back post, oh, what a save, but he won't keep out Mertens' header, The second scores the third,
1: it's Napoli three. Shakhtar
0: nil. A convincing win in the end for Napoli. Adam Summerton, our commentator for the game, joins us now. Adam, it didn't always
4: look like it was going to be comfortable uh, from Surrey side, but they got the job done yeah absolutely and they needed to because if they hadn't done tonight they would have been eliminated from the UEFA Champions League so there was a lot of pressure on Napoli tonight I thought it showed a little bit in the first half where Shakhtar uh, at times edged it in terms of possession created several uh, chances they could easily have taken the lead Shakhtar Tyson probably had their best chance Uh, but they were made to pay for not taking those chances because Napoli Rob were much improved in the second half they saw a lot more of the ball there was much more intensity to their play they were on the front foot from the very start of the the second half and it, once it had that moment of real genius from Insignia they then uh, continued to dominate really and got those second. I think I think 3-0 maybe flattered them a little bit if I'm honest but they, they still certainly deserve to win the game.
2: From, from Shakhtar's point of view Adam they had the chance to go through tonight how disappointed do you think they'll be with with the result but also by the
4: sounds of it perhaps their performance? Yeah, I think they will be disappointed with the manner of the, their second half performance. Or first first half, as I say, I thought that, that they were very good. They more than matched Napoli, almost like, for me, it was like the blueprint of how to play Napoli at the Stadio San Paolo. They, they were that good, I, I thought, in the first half, Shakhtar. But it's been a good European campaign, I think, on a whole so far for them. And they're still in the box seat come match day six. Uh, it's the, You know, they're a good, capable side. That's the first time they've been beaten by three clear goals, you know, since March of 2016. So I think there's still a lot of positives for Shakhtar Okay, Adam, stay with us Uh, Let's turn our attention briefly to Manchester
0: City Firenord An 88th minute winner from Raheem Sterling Getting uh, City all three points and securing them top spot in the group We'll hear from Guardiola, but first, Sterling
6: with the squad that we've got um, we're not just here to compete we're here to go as far in the competition as we can it's taken it step by step we've done that in the group stages and now we're qualified and yeah we as long as we keep playing the game that we know we can play the simple football I I, I no doubt we can challenge any team in the world
5: so 15 points for 15 points so we are already we were already qualified now we are already uh, first in the group in a tough group with Shakhtar in Napoli so uh, we are happy many players play minutes when in the past didn't play our first half was not, uh, not good, it was slowly, so we didn't find the third man in the right moment. The second half was much better, our intensity was much better, and we played good, they had chances to score a goal, we had two. And at the end, the goal for Rash, okay, gave us the, the big chance, opportunity to finish first.
0: Uh, Guardiola there, Raheem Sterling, the match winner before him with that fine finish late into the game to win it for City. So, uh, Adam, we know the City have, have won the group, um, and we have a situation where Shakhtar have nine points and Napoli have six So how does this look going into match
4: day six now? Well, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? (laughs) Well, Shakhtar obviously are going to be playing a side in Manchester City who you would imagine will uh, rotate. It's just to to what degree City rotate their squads. you know, in terms of the integrity of the competition, clearly you would like to think that it won't be rotated too much. And, and I wouldn't expect, you know, even if he did rotate a heck of a lot, still it would be a strong side that Guardiola would put out. If you look at the test that, that Napoli uh, will have, um, you would prefer it, I would say, out of the two. With all the respect to, to final, they're already eliminated, uh, bottom of the group without a point. Um so yeah, although Shakhtar are in the box seat in terms of having the three-point advantage, I think Napoli have got the better fixture. So it's very finely balanced. I feel. Yeah, final host Napoli next, um, and uh, of course Shakhtar
0: Donetsk in action on Match Day Six. With this situation looking very good for City, of course, Chris, because they may be tempted to, to, to rest players given a big game they have after Match Day Six. I, I have
2: no no doubt they will. They play Manchester United directly after. Uh, in the weekend after they go a long trip to Ukraine, a cold trip to Ukraine. I think we'll see Foden. I think we'll see Diaz. Man City squad is arguably the the deepest and one of the best in Europe. So, yes, you know, a much-changed team is still strong, but... They'll definitely make, I would think, wholesale changes. And from Shakhtar's point of view, they won't mind that one bit.
0: Uh, Besiktas are through uh, to the next round after a 1-1 draw with Porto. They knew a point uh, pre-kickoff would be enough for them. Leipzig with a 4-1 win at Monaco. Timo Werner scoring twice, one penalty, a lovely finish, Navi Navicater as well in that victory. Monaco out of Europe. Leipzig and Porto level on seven points. But Besiktas, Chris, a uh, sensational for them to, to come through the group so early. Absolutely. First ever Turkish team to win a UEFA Champions League
2: group. That's amazing in, it, Isn't in it? itself. First yeah. time they've ever been to the last 16 in, in the UEFA Champions League era. I think they had, a, in the 80s, a run to the quarterfinals. But, you know, this is new territory for them. And, and haven't they thrilled from, from, from match day one when they beat Porto away from home? And again tonight, they fell behind. Great goal by Felipe. But Cenk Tosin, who he's just been brilliant. His goals tonight, it was his assist for Taliska to get the equaliser and there were there were great celebrations um by the Bosphorus when Besiktas held on for the point in the end and and they're through but behind them I tell you what Porto and Leipzig both on seven
0: points um that is going to be a cracker of a finale in that section Leipzig host Besiktas on match day six Monaco go to Porto, Monaco, out of European competition altogether. Uh, tonight, Spurs have won their UEFA Champions League group, Group H, ahead of the likes of Real Madrid and Dortmund. They've won 2-1 at Dortmund tonight. Uh, let's hear from one of their heroes, Deli Ali.
6: Yeah, it's a big statement from us. Uh, obviously, was, when the draw was done, we thought it was a really tough group, but it's what we wanted to be a part of. You know, it's uh, when you're playing in the Champions League, you want to be playing against some of the best teams in Europe, and that's what we've had to do. And, uh, you know, we've come out on top, but we just got to make sure we carry on and take a look forward to next game now.
0: Uh, Delhi Ali didn't score tonight. Kane and Son with the goals after Aubameyang had given Dortmund uh, the lead. Uh, the same scores from the game at Wembley when Spurs beat Dortmund by three goals to one. What a campaign for Mauricio Pochettino!
2: Magnificent.
0: And given how last season in the UEFA Champions League they found
2: it, they found it difficult. And uh, and I think that is where you see the progression of Tottenham, the progression of the players, and the progression of Pochettino, the coach. And I think it's a, a really big win for them. Yes, they were already through. They fell behind. They they clearly wanted to win the game because they came back. And for Petter Bosz, another disappointing result. You know, they're eight points, Bruce Dortmund, behind Real Madrid in second. They're, they're eleven points behind Tottenham in top spot. And you know, those two in the end have run away with a section that when the draw
0: was made thought was going to be one of the tightest. We certainly did. Uh, they play Schalke at the weekend as well, Dortmund, their biggest rivals. Real Madrid with that 6-0 win at appwell We're running out of time here, but worth mentioning, Ronaldo got <laughs> two, Benzema got two, Modric and Nacho got one as well, uh, and it means Real Madrid are through, and they'll finish as runners-up, as they did last season, to Borussia Dortmund. Uh, Spurs host Appwell at Wembley on the 6th of December. Dortmund go to Real Madrid. Uh, coming up, we're going to preview Wednesday night's match day 5 fixtures.
7: European football is more diverse and multicultural than ever. Our competitions and grassroots projects feature players and fans from all backgrounds. And for UEFA, it's important to communicate that football is for all. RESPECT is a social responsibility initiative launched in 2008. For the last four years, this initiative has featured the message No to Racism. UEFA is now evolving and expanding this message in an effort to promote inclusion, diversity and accessibility across not only ethnicity, but also gender, age, sexual orientation, all abilities and social backgrounds. The new campaign gives all football lovers in Europe a voice to share what football means to them. The new Respect campaign is called Equal Game. Because everyone is entitled to enjoy football, no matter who you are, where you're from, or how you play. On the pitch, we're all the same.
0: This is UEFA Champions League Match Day live with me, Rob Daly. Time to turn our attention to Wednesday's matches. Our featured commentary sees Barcelona travel to Turin to face Juventus. Our commentator on Wednesday will be Steve Wyeth, and he joins us now. Uh, Steve, Juve will be looking to avenge that heavy defeat on Match Day One against Barcelona, no doubt.
6: Yeah, these two teams who are pretty settled teams as well, aren't they, Rob? Not a great deal of turnover over the last two and a half years, during which time they've played each other on, on four previous occasions. So there's a lot that these sides know about each other. But there's a little bit of pressure on Juventus, I think, tomorrow night because they don't want to surrender ground to uh, to, sport, to sporting in the race. You would feel for second place, albeit a win for Juventus, to take them level on points for Barcelona. And they need to give all of Italian football a lift, So they? It's been a chastening week for Italian football after the national team fell short in their quest to reach the FIFA World Cup. But what better way than for, for Juventus to, to do what Napoli did, for example, earlier on this evening and get a morale-boosting win for everybody?
2: How big a night do you think it is for Ernesto Valverde and Barcelona? Of course, the summer, you know, they lost Neymar. They'd just seen Real Madrid um, retain the UEFA Champions League. I, I think there were some questions about how good Barcelona were, but yet they're, they're miles clear in the league. And I guess if they were to beat Juventus away, you know, all of a sudden things would look very rosy.
6: Well, they only need a point, from they the Chris, to, to be sure of their progression uh, through to the knockout stage. And, and I think Ernesto Valverde will feel that any doubts that there might have been about him and his team have already been answered. They are unbeaten in the league domestically. They are 10 points ahead of Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid. So I don't, feel that, I don't think they'll be feeling the pressure of, of proving a point. But of course it helps everybody, doesn't it, in the UEFA Champions League at this stage of the season if you can get the job done as early as possible. And they would certainly like to do that ahead of Match Day six.
0: Agree with you there, Steve. Thank you very much indeed. Steve Wyeth will be joining us tomorrow uh, for Juventus against Barcelona in Turin. Sporting host Olympiacos in Group D as well. Our other feature match sees Atletico host Roma. That's in Group C, the same section as Chelsea. Uh, and watching this one for match day live will be Phil Blacker. We can chat to uh, Phil now. Phil, nil 0 on these sides met on match day one, although Atletico really should have won it. How are these two teams shaped uh, going into this game?
8: I don't think too many people would have expected the uh, scenario that, that we currently have, given the, the, the way that that 0-0 draw went that, that you mentioned. I think, yeah, have the chances to win it, had they won it, it might have been a very different story. But they haven't managed to win yet uh, in Group C, three draws from four, leaving them on the brink. Roma, uh, by contrast, of course, uh, have beaten Chelsea, they're top of the group. They will qualify with uh, even a draw. In Madrid, which is a, a remarkable situation, one that we haven't really seen Diego Simeone in his side face at this stage of, of the competition before. piling the pressure on, they have to win uh, if they're to keep their hopes of uh, of qualification alive. So, uh, I don't think it's really the, the course that anyone would expect this group to have. Atletico uh, Madrid have uh, failed to win either of those games against Carabao. Of course, is what's really cool the situation.
2: How do Roma play this? Do you think, Phil? Did you... Do they go to Atletico and sort of do what Atletico have done to so many teams in the UEFA Champions League themselves, and and sit back and be difficult to break down, and and try and get the home fans frustrated
8: to a point? I think the the relative cushion, Chris, that they have in the group affords them the opportunity to do that, but it, it's not necessarily in their nature, given the, the fine run of form that they're on. You know, the twelve successive away wins in are at a record at that level shows how strong that they are on their travels. I think they'll fancy their chances of going to Atletico because of the situation in the group, the pressure on the home side, go and try and win the game, and maybe even depending on the result in the earlier kickoff, uh, win the group as well. It's a possibility for them. And I think that kind of reflects their mindset at the moment on the back of winning the, the Rome Derby at the weekend as well. Certainly
0: will. Phil, thank you very much for joining us. Phil Blacker will be our commentator for Atletico against Roma. Carabag versus Chelsea in the early kickoff is the other game uh, in Group C. Chelsea are through with a win or a draw if Atletico do not win. Uh, Group B, Paris Saint-Germain take on Celtic and Delecht uh, take on Bayern. Paris Saint-Germain are through and will clinch first place if they win and Bayern don't in Belgium. But Group A, Chris, Sieska Moskva against Benfica is the early kickoff. Basel United is... The the uh, later kickoff, uh, So the situation is Manchester United on the brink, not quite there, um, but notable players returning at the weekend in that win over Newcastle United.
2: Yeah, uh, Paul Pogba uh, and a certain Slatan Ibrahimović, who Jose Mourinho has said um, won't be fit enough to start in, in Switzerland. No surprise, because Romelu Lukaku scored in the weekend, win over Newcastle, and, and has been in, in fine form, even if that was his first goal after a while. Um, also, Phil Jones is is out longer term than I think Jose Mourinho was uh, was hoping anyway after he picked up an injury on international duty so so know him but you know United pretty much wrapped up the group and qualification last time out. Um, The battle for second is... Resultly, they have neither yet. No, no, (laughs) precisely, because uh, I did the game and there was a sense of Old Trafford, oh, we didn't make it through. But then actually everyone looked at the group and thought, oh, because of results elsewhere, it's probably even better than going through because we've basically wrapped up top spot. And we mentioned about um, City wanting to rest players on match day six. Well, it's the same for United ahead of the Manchester derby. Behind them, Basel and and Sieska, both on six points. Um, For either of those two teams given I think Benfica were second favourites when the draw was made. For either of those two to make it through to the last 16 would be a, a massive achievement. Um, so it's a big, a big night in Group A, but, yeah, Paul Popper makes Manchester United tick. They missed him badly, uh, and he is back, and they looked a different side at the weekend domestically.
0: United will qualify as group winners with a draw. A reminder, of course, if you are just joining us, where have you been? Sevilla 3, Liverpool 3, Rafa Honigstein, German football journalist. uh, Richard, with this quote, a bad way to get a good result uh, for for Liverpool tonight. Uh, What are your thoughts now, roughly, what, an hour from full time?
3: Yeah, I think once everyone's calmed down, I think both sides in the end will be satisfied slightly. Move on to the next, which uh, obviously means uh, league football before the final push on match day six. And I'd be surprised if both these teams aren't in the last 16. OK, man of the match. Richard, tough one. It is a tough one. I thought very long and hard. I'm going to give it to one of the substitutes at halftime, Franco Vazquez, who came on and I think made a difference. Not sure it was down to necessary his great skill more a tactical thing but he did his role did it well
0: and helped the comeback like it a lot okay adam uh, you're man of the match and napoli's three and a win against Shakhtar. Well,
4: i think i'd give it to, to Dries mertens and assists and a goal his 13th goal of the season is uh, so important to, to what napoli are trying to do thanks adam chris man of the match and the others
2: uh, Cenk Tosin, moment of magic to, to set up Taliska. And uh, we have a new name in the
0: last 16 because Betschikdas for the first time are there. Thanks mostly to Tosin. Very good indeed. OK, that's all we have time for after another thrilling night. of you wait for Champions League action, which saw two more teams secure their places in the round of 16. Now feature game, of course, Sevilla came back from three goals down to draw 3-3 with Group E rivals Liverpool. And in Italy, Napoli emphatically saw off Shakhtar to keep their slim qualification hopes alive. Besiktas and Real Madrid confirm their spots in the next round. Manchester City and Spurs have won their groups. Join us again on Wednesday from 19.30 CET for commentary of Juventus versus Barcelona. An extended update of Atletico Roma 2 from Chris Parrott, Richard Kaufman, Adam Summerton, and myself, Rob Daly. It's goodbye.
1: Three on the far post. Roberto Firmino ghosting in unmarked. Tucks it away, and than 90 seconds on the clock, and Liverpool have taken an early lead. Here come Liverpool again though, Mane may be through, simple finish from Roberto Firmino. Liverpool have three, and we've only had half an hour of play. This is incredible. Algenieur, and Benyeda, second time, steps up, he sends the keeper the other way this time, and puts it into the left-hand corner. In senior. Chance to hit it right footed. Oh, what a goal! Lorenzo in senior for Napoli. That is a beauty. Pandemonium in Andalusia. Liverpool stunned.
7: 3 0 up at half time. It's now 3 3. You've been listening to UEFA Champions League Match Day Live.